Hey there, welcome to the Hot Slice Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy White. I am joined today by Creative Director Josh Cowan. Hello, guys. And Executive Editor Denise Greer. Hello. Hey, guys. So this is kind of kind of different. Um, we kicked off the first season with the three of us sitting around chatting, introducing the podcast, and kind of talking about what we're going to talk about on this podcast and some of the guests we would have. And then every week thereafter, we've had a guest. And now as we're wrapping up season one, it's uh, the tribes back together again. The, us three amigos are going to sit down and answer some questions from our readers, which will be a lot of fun. I'm so excited. This is going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we also don't get to, you know, since we're working from home, we don't get to chat a lot together, you know, like uh, anymore. So this will be great. It will be a lot of fun. A shout out to Katie, who is uh, our sound engineer slash audio wizard slash producer today. She's in the background. What's up, Katie? Hey. (laughs) Hey. All right. So, Josh, you have a list of questions that Pizza Today readers have sent in to us. Um, we solicited questions in a variety of ways. They could submit them through social media channels. Some actually sent in audio files, which was pretty cool. Uh, emails. We, we kind of um, opened, opened the floodgates a little bit, and we have a lot of questions, right? Yes. Uh, let's just go ahead and get started. Hey, everyone. It's Katie, art director at Pizza Today, here to interrupt your podcast with a short commercial break. Figuring out how to do delivery right can be a daunting task, especially when it comes to third-party platforms, in-house delivery, contactless solutions, and POS functionality. Fortunately, the innovators at PDQ have developed the Delivery Toolkit app, a convenient single source that can measurably enhance all aspects of delivery while saving time, effort, and costs. Rooted in metrics, the multi-integrated PDQ Delivery Toolkit is a must-have resource for your store. Learn why at pdqdt.com or call 877-968-6430. That's 877-968-6430. And now back to the slice. Let's do something a little bit topical uh, from this is from Bob Henry. I saw a news blurb yesterday about a pepperoni supply shortage. Any truth to this? Yes. Yes. There's plenty of truth to that. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Denise, you uh, you really cover supply chain management pretty well. Um, You want to kick off with this. But the short answer is that, that there is a shortage out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the thing about uh, supply chain, especially during uh, during this time, is what you have is you have, uh, you know, you have plants reducing production because they don't have as many employees. Uh, and then you have pepperoni demand is just so high right now. Uh, you know, uh, demand for pizza in general is really high. Uh, so those kind of two combined uh, you know that you you are going to see a little bit of that um, those shortages, um, but I think you know you can really mitigate those by you know sometimes you do have to look you know keep an eye on your pricing. You know there there are times when you are going to have to adjust your pricing because the price may jump. Um, since the since the pandemic began, we have seen meats have some issues with um, with supply chain. So. Um, so, you know, it's just taking a look and mitigating it at any, at every instance and really keeping an eye on your inventory. Yeah. I hear pepperoni is pretty low on the, uh, meat packing, uh, chain. It's like, you know, it's one of those things that's, that's kind of an afterthought and, you know, and, and I'm seeing like, it's like $2 extra a pound 
people are paying for that now. Yeah, we are seeing that a little bit. Now, I have talked to operators who aren't experiencing um, shortages and they're using very, you know, it just, it just, it really depends on probably the product you're using. Um, if it's a very common popular product, then you may have some issues with it. If it's a more specialized product, you may not um, see as many problems. So it's, it's something that you're just, you're going to have to keep a really close eye on. Right. And, you know, supply chain was, you know, throughout this pandemic, we, we've usually seen it kind of evened out like with toilet paper and everything else. So hopefully things will even out pretty soon. And we've seen that, um, that when it comes to meats, um, when they have had like, um, you know, prosciutto had an issue, a couple of other meats had an issue. Um, you know, they, they usually only lasted between a couple of days and a couple of weeks. So, um, so, you know, doing substitutions, you know, your customers hopefully will be understanding if you do experience shortages and, and you should, you know, let them know, Hey, <laughs> your hands are tied when it comes to, um, any shortages that you may experience. Now, a shortage, it, it, it is legitimate. It, it is there. But like you said, Denise, maybe uh, it may depend on where you are regionally or what specific yeah. product or brand of product you use. I think it's important that we all keep in mind pepperoni is far and away and it's not even close. Far and away the most popular pizza yeah. topping in, in the United States. Um, and I think that, that really one of the things that that we don't talk about with this quote unquote shortage is that you know, the large players, the national chains that, you know, the pizza, Huts, the Domino's Papa John's, those really large players in the segment, they, they, they have contracts that, that they set well in advance with their suppliers. And um, as a result of that, their pricing structure isn't really changing much and their, their supply is not being interrupted because they, you know, m many months ago set contracts with, with their suppliers. So if, someone is having difficulty getting their hands on, on pepperoni, let's say it's, it is most likely going to be a small operation and, and a mom and pop shop, you know, an, an independent who does not have that, that sort of leverage. And like you said, their supply might be interrupted briefly. Um, it's not going to be a long, a long-term thing. Uh, the other thing, you know, Denise, Josh, we were just recently visiting a pizzeria here in our home city of Louisville, Kentucky. We were talking to the owner and he mentioned some supply chain interruptions that he had had um, specifically with a certain type of cheese. And Denise, if I recall correctly, he basically was about two to three weeks without that specific cheese. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he did, he did do a little substitutions. Yeah. So we're, we're not going to be in a situation where, oh my, pizzeria is my most popular topping or uh, pepperoni is <laughs> My, my most popular topping in my pizzeria, and I'm not going to be able to get my hands on pepperoni for the next six months. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's just going to make a lot of headlines for a couple of weeks, and and it'll probably just even on out. Yeah, we'll so. move on to a hand sanitizer wipes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. This is uh, comes from David Long um, at Kingdom Pusher on Instagram. What is the biggest mistake you consistently? see pizzerias make oh man i think oh, what a great go around question. the room go ahead and start jeremy really good question well you know so i've been covering the pizza industry for for over 20 years now that, that dates me just a little bit but um i've had the opportunity to walk in and out of thousands of pizzerias over the last two decades and uh, while most of them do a very good job at, at everything and that's why they're still in business i definitely do see a common thread. I definitely do see some mistakes. And the, the biggest mistake I see 
are people getting into the business undercapitalized. They just don't have an adequate understanding of, of the cash flow that they're going to need in order to be successful. So they either really don't have the proper funding to get into the business yet, or they just do a really poor job of estimating what kind of capital they're going to need to operate for a period of time. So it's really a financial mistake that I typically see. I see people get into the business thinking it's going to make money right away, very quickly and very easily, not understanding that it may take them a little while to become profitable, not having the capital that they need to sustain that. And then, and then they go out of business. So that's probably the number one mistake I personally see. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, I've been in the industry now for 10 years, <laughs> so I've definitely seen my fair share of uh, pizza operations. Um, and uh, probably the thing I see the most is, um, you know, people get into the business because they love pizza and they love to make pizza and they're really good. Uh, you know, they have a dynamite pizza and they're ready to get it to market. Um, and the thing that they're missing a lot of the times is that the numbers and just not understanding the business side of a pizzeria. And I think that um, a lot of operators, you know, and that's why we have things like the School of Pizzeria Management is because a lot of times the operators are really good at the kitchen um, side of things. But when you go front of house or, um, you know, financials, um, marketing, those types of things, they're not as proficient. And so um, either they can bring somebody on or, you know, they they can just they can just learn it and they should learn it because knowing your numbers is is going to keep you in business and and help you flourish and succeed and grow. Yeah, Denise and I discussed this question yesterday um, on our road trip. But yeah, and I, I totally agree. It's, you know, the food is great, but everything else falls to the waste. And so, yeah, that's definitely, you know, and also, uh, you know, just a uh, really bad cheese is another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me good cheese. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So um, next question. This comes from Brian Weevil. Is that plant in Jeremy White's office still alive? <laughs> <laughs> oh my boy brian what's up brian former uh, guest um, editor of uh, pizza today brian Lee. yeah so many many years ago it's probably been seven or eight years ago now we did a really fun contest um we basically asked our readers who wants my job who wants to be the guest editor of pizza today hijack an issue for for the month so i think we might have done september the September issue, if I remember correctly. So anyway, Brian, out out of many submissions, uh, Brian ended up winning that contest. He got to come in, spend a week in our office. And um, really in, in, in one week, we try to, we try to condense the, and distill our process in one week as best we could. And, And he made assignments. He edited articles. He, he selected some content that went to the magazine. He's helped select photos and, and guide, uh, what would be on the cover? He, he basically yeah. kind of took over the issue for that week, which was he went into the kitchen with us too. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. videos for the child. Yeah, we shot some videos, uh, some food prep. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. We we really had a blast hanging out with Brian, and uh, Brian's become a buddy since that time. And sometimes we clown on one another. And um, no, Brian, to answer your question, unfortunately, <laughs> that plant, which was once very robust and beautiful and healthy, um, about five or six years ago, it met its untimely 
demise most likely due to neglect on my part, unfortunately. Hey, the fish in the office are still alive. I will say that thanks to Bill Oakley. Uh, yeah, you know, Bill Oakley still coming into the yeah, office. He's our, the fish. he's our main man uh, with Pizza Expo. And uh, yeah, he comes in even during the pandemic and feeds the fish. So our hey, fish look, guys, I've got, a, I've got a 15 year old and 11 year old and an eight year old, uh, a 15 year old son and 11 year old son and, a, and an eight year old Siberian Husky. Basically, I can be counted on to keep a human alive and to keep an animal alive, but I cannot be counted on to keep a plant alive. All right. That, that's more of the story. <laughs> all right. So sorry, Brian. Thanks for the really Thanks, crappy Brian. question, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This comes from wonder pizza company. If you could only do one form of marketing, what would it be? And why? Um, I'll go ahead and not start, start this one. And it would definitely be uh, social media. You can't target in your audience any better than with social media. But I mean, there's a lot to understand there when you're, uh, you know, with Facebook ads and Instagram ads and sponsored ads. So you really got to dig in there, but I think that's the best way of, of, of reaching your audience right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, my first instinct is also social, but, um, if there's anything this pandemic has taught me is that, um, community involvement, which is definitely a form of marketing, is your number one tool because uh, the community really came back for pizzerias and just knocked it out of the park for a lot of pizzerias during this time. And uh, it was definitely the community involvement um, that that got them back in. You're, you're both absolutely correct. And, you know, old school, new school, there was a time 20 or 30 years ago, maybe door hangers were where it's at. You know what I'm saying? You would send a delivery. You'd have a high school kid that worked for you on the weekends delivering pizzas Friday and Saturday nights. You'd have him come in on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whenever. You'd hand him a thousand door hangers and you'd tell him to go canvas every neighborhood within you know, whatever, five mile radius of your shop, hang the hanger on the front door and you'd get a lot of business off of that. That uh, I'm not going to say that that's dead because sometimes these old school methods will surprise you and will still work very well. Um, because people have neglected them, and and sometimes when you bring them back, they work. But I would have to go with Josh on this one and say social media right now. You just have an ability to reach such a large audience quickly and expensively. Video, photography, you can really showcase your food or the ambiance in your pizzeria or, or, or the culture of your company and what you're all about. You can just reach so many people so easily now with social media that I think anyone not in the social media game are really doing their business a disservice. Yeah. I mean, we spoke with Nick Bogantz uh, a few weeks ago and and that's what he prides himself on is, is Facebook and, and uh, you know, uh, getting the geo in on, you know, the exact location of his, you know, surrounding people. So yeah, going with social. I mean, this geo right, uh, targeting, what's it called? Geo fencing. Geo yeah. What, geo fencing. Geofencing yeah. is it, it, it's really it's it's an amazingly interesting concept, and for for those listening who um, may not be as proficient in technology and may not know exactly what that is, you can basically dial in and discover potential customers that are within a mile radius of your pizzeria on social media or within 500 feet, if you really wanted to, you can really, really dial in and try to reach those people that are right there within whatever parameters you set. And that's, that's really cool technology that, you know, 
didn't exist for some of the older operators that, that listen to the podcast and read the magazine that wasn't around back at back in their heyday it's, it's pretty right. cool hey everyone it's katie art director at pizza today here to interrupt your podcast with a short commercial break Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Your friends at Message on Hold are happy to introduce our voiceover IP service. Message on Hold Phones is our solution for phone service. If the internet goes down, it's no problem. You can still take online and phone orders. No busy signal ever. Professionally recorded, customized messaging for your business ensures that your customer gets the message that you want delivered to them every time. Save money and get new phones. Visit www.messageonholdservice.com phones. And now back to the slice. All right. For our next question, let's go to our audio engineer, Katie Wilson. She has a, uh, a voice recording question for us. All right. We have a question from DeTangelo Smith Jones Jackson. How do y'all feel about traveling around to these other restaurants and checking them out? What's, what's your plan for that? And how are you all staying safe? All right. First, home slice you're driving while you leave that i hope that was hands-free i hope you're driving safely um you know we we want our readers and listeners to be safe first and foremost am i right yes so besides that good question um our travel without question has been impacted um as a matter of fact our company has a travel moratorium on us right now uh due to concerns about the COVID-19 pandemic. So once upon a time, a couple of us would hop on an airplane and fly wherever, San Francisco, San Antonio, Miami, wherever we were going, visit pizzerias. We'd have a blast. We'd get to know the pizzeria owners. We'd take photography and video and interview the pizzeria owner, the whole nine yards. Uh, That's difficult to do right now during the pandemic. However, we are still making that happen. Um, Josh and Denise, you guys just visited a pizzeria yesterday actually right yeah, yeah absolutely we, we, we drove <laughs> we drove about 120 miles or so yeah to uh to a place um in the eastern part of the state uh they, it's an amazing pizzeria killing that will be it. in our they're just killing it yeah, miguel's in november uh october issue so yeah and you know we we masked up and um you know just follow all the protocols and as safely as we possibly can and you know, we still go through the kitchen. We're not in there as long. Um, taking my photos and getting right out. Like I said, still have the mask on, uh, not getting around anyone. Um, and then we, we, you know, uh, get our pizzas outside. And, and, and that's where I do the photography at. It's not ideal, but, uh, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, we try to be as uh, safe as possible. And, you know, I... I'm a freak about it. So I always carry hand sanitizer and uh, wipes and things. So um, you know, yeah. we're, we're following the CDC just like everyone else. So, yeah, we've been to two locations since this started um, in the last two months. Um, they've both been within driving range, of course. Uh, but, you know, it's went, it's went pretty well so far. Um, yeah. You know, I'm also I'm also photography wise leaning on um, our, our operators as well uh, for uh, via 313, our India of the year. 
Uh, I had some photos because I'd been there before, but I needed some fresh new photos. So uh, consumable content uh, lent us some photos, gave us some photos that they take uh, for its um, their marketing company. So, yeah, I've, like I said, I've been leaning on the operators as well to get photos, especially, you know, of photos of their staff, you know, with their mask on um, for yeah. for for other features in the magazine as well. So and I, it's a big it's a big help from them. And I can't give enough of a shout out to uh, Zoom because that has been um, kind of a savior for us because I actually can sit and do a full interview one on one with the operator. I mean, it's not like in person. It's not like that. Um, you know, that in-person experience of seeing the pizzeria, but I can, I can have that one-on-one with the operator. So, um, so in the meantime, it's helping a little bit to, uh, to be able to do the zoom calls as well. Yeah. We're, we're making it work just like the pizzeria operator is adjusting to his or her new normal and figuring out their processes to serve their customers and make it work. We're, we're doing the same thing. We are absolutely still visiting pizzerias right now. They are trips we can make in our cars, obviously uh, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. So we, you know, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, West Virginia, Missouri, we, we've got Illinois, Ohio, we've got Ohio. five, six, seven state region that we can um, drive to, you know, six hours or less. So we, we have lots of options right now for the next several months until, until things lift and we can go back to Las Vegas and Seattle and, you know, Omaha and, and all the other great places throughout the country that, that we need to go. So for, for a pizzeria owner who is hoping one day we'll walk through their doors, we, we probably, we probably still will. Um, right now, obviously we're driving, but we're making it work and we'll continue to make it work until this pandemic subsides and then we can go about business as usual. So good question. All right. I think we got time for another couple questions. Does that sound good to you guys? A couple questions. Sure. Um, this is from, uh, I like this question. This is from Ray Colson of Kingman, Arizona uh, at Charlie's Pizzeria on Instagram. We've heard a lot about, pizza, about the pizza business. I'm interested in each of your personal experiences oh, wow. with pizza. <laughs> um, what's your favorite style of pizza? Uh, and what can you guys remember about your first experiences with pizza? Oh wow! Denise, <laughs> wow. Roll with it. Oh, favorite, man. favorite style, favorite style, okay. and like, what's your first experiences with pizza? Okay, my favorite style right now, like, it changes so much because I, right. I'm like, my mood depends on what pizza style I'm digging at the moment. For right now, it's got to be like a Sicilian or a Detroit. Right now, I just. I love those styles right now. And um, I can tell you that one of my first experiences with Detroit um, was actually at Pizza Expo um, when Jeff Smokovich had his um, had his demonstration. And um, and I got to go behind the scenes and taste uh, the Detroit Uh, that that edge, the cheesy crusty edge. Oh man, it was, it was divine. And I've had several since and I'm really digging on that. Um, but my first experience with pizza, I mean, I've been eating pizza forever, um, from the Midwest. So tavern style, thin kind of style, um, uh, is kind of the norm for me. Jeremy. That's, it's a tough question. It, it, it varies. I won't say by the day, but certainly over time it varies there. Sometimes I go through a little spree where I want a really good grandma pie. And then sometimes I find myself craving a 
big foldable New York slice or a Neapolitan. So it really does. It, it really varies over time right now at this exact moment in my personal life here uh, as a pizza connoisseur. I would say that I would be trending towards a, a grandma pie right now. Um, it's a style that I wasn't overly familiar with until about 10 years ago. And the first time I had a really good one on Long Island, I was like, wow, I've, I've, I've been missing out. And it's a very simple pizza. It's one that's not common in the Midwest, not common in Louisville, Kentucky, where, where we live, where Pizza Today is located. We, we don't run into them too often except for when we're traveling. And, uh, you know, Josh, you and I even had an amazing grandma pie. I don't know if you remember this, but we had one in Los Angeles of all places about five or six years ago. Yeah. And that threw me for a loop. I didn't yeah. expect to even see one in LA and, and we had a great one. So they're out there. They're not just in the Northeast. I can't think of the name of the place of that. Or I can't think of that. No, you know, I can't remember either. Unfortunately, but it was, um, it was yeah. at the end of a 10, 10 spot tour in LA. So yeah, it's all a blur at that point. <laughs> it was, we, we walked in with very low expectations by virtue of it being the last spot of the day after eating nine or 10 other pizzas. And it, it was awesome. It, it blew us away. So it was the best we had it, the whole trip. So. <laughs> it's just, it's a very simple pizza. You're just boiling it down to the dough sauce and cheese really. Um, and it's a pretty Spartan pie, but there's a lot of elegance and beauty in the simplicity. And I think that right now that's what I'd go with. So, uh, first experiences with pizza, Jeremy? Oh my, well, you know, my, my first experience with pizza probably would have been going all the way back to Pizza Hut's Book It program, you know, <laughs> second or third grade, I'd read a book. My teacher would give me a, you know, little voucher for a free pizza at Pizza Hut. And my parents would take me to Pizza Hut and I'd get my free personal pizza that I was so proud of that I earned it myself by, by reading a book. That's probably my first pizza experience, but uh, my first really eye-opening holy cow moment came in New York, um, was at Grimaldi's Pizzeria directly underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. And uh, I'd, I'd had good pizza. I'd say mediocre pizza, but but fairly good pizza all my life up until that point. And that's the day that I had the first truly excellent, oh, wow, pizza that I'd ever had. And, of course, we've had several since then as a result of, of our travels and tasting pizzas at the International Pizza Challenge and things like that. But up until that point in time, I had never had a truly remarkable right home to your mama pizza until I had that pizza. And it, it just opened a whole, whole new world for me. Right. Um, you know, I'm on that, that grandma train as well. Um, the, the, the biggest thing is we can't get them here. It, I don't think there's a place around here that, that, uh, that has grandma pies. So, you know, that adds a little bit to it, like, uh, you know, not being able to get it. But, um, I mean, overall, my my favorite style is, you know, it, give me like Sally's and John's uh, John's on Bleecker. And those mm -hmm. are my two go-tos forever. So uh, those are my favorite two pizzas of all time. Um, thin and crispy. So uh, first ex pizza experience, we have, I grew up in a really small town, two stoplights. So we had yeah. maybe three restaurants total. <laughs> um, we I don't even think we had a pizzeria when I was a, when I was a young kid, uh, but we had a place called the Dairy Mart, served burgers, milkshakes, all that stuff, and they had pizza. And basically it just tasted like oregano on cheese. 
So there was, it was like <laughs> not a great experience, but uh, we had a, a pizza hut in the, the neighboring town. And that was kind of, I guess my first real pizza experience. You go there and you play the sit down uh, Miss Pac-Man arcade. And then, you know, you would get your deep dish pizza. So that, I guess that was my first pizza experience, but going to New York, I'm right there with you, Jeremy, but it was John's for me when I was just mm -hmm. like, Oh, wow. This John's is, is mine this is too. <laughs> this is it. I know Denise is too. We, I mean, John, absolutely. John's is fantastic. So, and, and then, uh, and like I said, when I went to New Haven and I had Sally's, I, I had that same kind of, oh, okay, this is, this is it for me. This is just hits my, hits my sweet spot. So, yeah. How about that Tony's, that, uh, the Brooklyn pizza mm. uh, from Tony G? That, that was um, one of them for me too. Yeah. And that Brooklyn pizza is on Gold Belly right now, so I I, I set hover around the the buy option on that Gold Belly to try to buy that at least once a week, <laughs> so I can have it sent to my house. No, Denise, the first time I had burrata on a pizza was at, at Tony's in San Francisco, and I'm a huge fan of burrata now. Um, you know, I, I dream about it, but I never had it. I never had it on a pizza until Tony G set one in front of me, and it was just amazing so you can never go wrong by going to tony's in san francisco you never go wrong i think my first neapolitan pie was uh john goldsmith <laughs> so, so i mean that's a great first yeah. neapolitan pie <laughs> was yeah mine was a tutabella yeah. in seattle and, and and it blew my mind it blew my mind as well you know joe fagere has become a very good friend of mine tutabella is one of my favorites without question seattle's a great town and uh, we went on that trip together, Josh. Yeah. We, Joe really showed us around and taught us a lot about Neapolitan pizza and his coffee program and his beverage program. He, he does a lot of great things out there. Denise, what's your favorite pizza? I know you'd mentioned John's. Um, what was your, oh, yeah. your I, real eye-opening experience? I think John's. And also, um, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to go to Tony's place in San Francisco, but I did go to Pizza Rock. I've been to the one in Vegas, but my first experience with Pizza Rock was in uh, Sacramento. Um, and so, and, uh, and Pizza Rock has the multiple styles uh, just like that. But it, uh, that Brooklyn just blew me away. I, I loved, I loved that slice. Uh, and then probably Josh and I went on, uh, went to Brooklyn uh, and we went to Roberta's and had this spicy um, pie that was just, oh, oh man, with Scott yeah, Wiener. Wiener. Scott yeah. is the best tour guide in the history of tour guides when you when you want to go into town and, uh, and visit pizzerias. Uh, but I loved that pie at Roberta's. Roberta's is amazing. So many spots in Brooklyn. Hey, Josh, speaking of Brooklyn, do you remember last July on a sweltering, beautiful summer night in the city? We sat on the deck Ugh. out back at Lucali, and I can remember the baby of our staff. <laughs> I can remember the first great pizza Katie had because it literally brought tears to her eyes. Do you remember her sitting on, it on, it on the back patio at Lucali? There's one table back there. She should we chime in and tell and, her own uh, story. So the table, was a high, table given primarily was a high honor. reserved for Beyonce and Jay-Z. And it was right. given sitting words because we're special. Sets. So it was it. There yeah, were um, I remember there that. were tomato plants and fragrant basil, you know, wafting through the air. How dare you do this my, to me right now? The stars were out. 
And there were tears, Josh. If you remember, there were tears running down Katie's cheek. I wish we could see Katie right now. She may be tearing up. Yep. You know, guys, once I think about it, that's probably where we peaked. <laughs> and, you know, that's why we just don't even travel. It's, 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 we just peaked there and we, you know, that's, that's it for us. Yeah, no that was a good pizza. That was, that was just an overwhelming experience altogether, just because I couldn't believe that this was my job now. And like, I just felt so lucky. And um, yeah, this is just like the greatest job in the world. And yeah, that was a lot. Well, I mean, the, well, we went to like four pizzerias before that. What, what was the role? I mean, it was like um, La Industry. Um, mm -hmm. That one was good. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a best pizza. It, I mean, was, it was so like, much all at once, and to be in New York when like stupid. when you grew up as a person, I'm like you. It was like a two stoplight town, and we didn't even have a pizzeria there until I was well into my teenage years. But yeah, that New York trip was probably one of my favorite experiences with pizza. That scars pizza just like the teenage mutant ninja turtle where you like take a bite and the cheese pulls oh god so good. Mm, it was that that's scars is as, mm -hmm. as, as new york pizza as you this can get food right that there. we all love and write about and talk about and photograph it, it's it's an iconic part of our culture as a society i mean we when you think about it when you go to a birthday party for a kid it's usually pizza is served, right? Pizza is round. It's a communal food. It's designed to be set in the middle of the table. The group sits around it, reaches in, grabs a slice, and there's, you know, family, friends. We we, we bond over pizza, you know, to, to get a little romantic and sentimental. We, we pizza connects us in, in, in a lot of ways. And, and we saw, we joke, we like to joke on Katie for it, um, but that we saw that that night. I mean, we were sitting around, it was, it was, the three of us and Scott Wiener and we're having pizza and it is a beautiful night in the city and we're having a good time. And then next thing you know, here's this emotion from Katie, but really what she was saying was, was, wow, you know, this, this is freaking amazing. And, and, and we all, and we all feel that when we have a really fantastic pizza, it, it brings us back to some, some distant memory of our childhood that, that, you know, the first time we had pizza. So it, this, this food is amazing. And and that's why right. it is recession proof. And that's why it is pretty much pandemic proof. Uh, pizza is going to pizza, will hopefully live forever. So, uh, you know, I think guys, we have some more questions yeah, let's do we'll this again. To them next time. Denise, I think yeah, you want to touch yeah. base. So, um, I just have a couple of announcements for pizza, for pizza today in general. Um, so October is national pizza month. We're going to be rolling out our toolkit for the operators soon. So keep a lookout for that on pizza Um, but also, uh, you know, we want to know your COVID-19 stories. If you are a pizzeria operator um, and we want to know what you've experienced over the past six months, the good, the bad, uh, whether it is sending me an email with the story or recording it and sending me a link uh, or, you know, putting it out on video and sending me a link, that's fine. Just send it to dgreer at pizzatoday.com and that's D. G R E E R. That would be awesome. Yeah, and and don't don't think your story is trivial All right, well. because because it's not. You may think, oh, you know, we were we're down five percent and we've done this this and this to mitigate that. But uh, that's probably not not a big deal. It it is. There there are no trivial stories. Denise wants to hear from everyone so we can get a real snapshot of of what's going on right now. 
you know, we look at it as, you know, there's this this moment in history um, that no one has ever experienced before. And, and we want to make sure we capture that as, you know, this time capsule of what's happened in this time. So we really want you to be a part of it. Absolutely. All right, guys, that was fun. Uh, congratulations on a first season. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's like, and thank you to all the guests that have come on and and shared your stories. So, and uh, you know, we'll get the second season rolling. We've got some awesome guests already lined up for season two. So it's going to be fun. See you guys. Thanks.